Hello and welcome to another episode of the Old Lady Speaks podcast on black and white and red all over. I'm your host, Danny, coming to you for episode number 87. And as always, if you want to listen to all 87 and a couple of special editions, feel free to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform, whether it is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. And as goes with this opening remarks, if you want to, if you do subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, feel free to leave us a nice rating and a review and all of those good things because we like good things to be thrown our way. But we will be talking about some not so good things, mainly because we blame Juventus for that. So before we get going, I will bring in the crew here of Sam Lepresti. Hello, Sam. Hello, Danny. Yeah, this is it's a yo-yo. It's just like New York in February in terms of the weather. It's just an up and down and up and down and up and down. Yes. And based on what I saw from you and a couple other New York friends that we will be talking about the sideways snow version of February. Yeah, yeah, that was um, that was just yesterday. It went from nothing to uh, snow and sideways in about five minutes. Yeah, that was that, that was impressive. It's one of the quickest I've ever seen. And we got trucks. How's the how's the weather in Ohio, trucks? Uh, pretty normal, actually. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just been windy. So but, cold um, is what you're saying. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, of course, yeah. I mean, cold is is the standard. But um, yeah, just I mean, just um, abnormally windy. But besides that, just yeah, running run of the mill winter here. Sounds so, sounds yeah. like World Cup qualifying weather for a certain <laughs> yeah, yeah. nation. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, I mean, last week was the uh, snow insanity. That was, I mean, that was pretty bad. I was uh, shoveling for quite a few hours, but yeah, no, uh, now it's all good. It's, uh, it's, it's just regular cold. Regular, <laughs> regular, regular cold. cold. <laughs> awesome. And last but not least, back from celebrating grandma's birthday is Sergio Romero. Hello, Sergio. Hey, fellas. Happy to be here. Uh, shout out grandma. She, she enjoyed her celebration. And yeah, happy to be back after the, the brief hiatus. Speaking of that brief hiatus, I will throw it right back to you, Sergio. Your takeaway from the week that was. You know, it's it's just uh, this team still manages to confound and frustrate you in, in many, many different ways, shapes and forms. Um, I did kind of like the Friday kickoff, though. That was a kind of nice change of pace. Uh, they usually ruin my weekend. This time it was like, you know, the, the beginning of the weekend. So that was good. That was kind of like a refreshing kind of pace. But yeah, this this team still seems like, like Sam was saying, it's up and down. It's up and down. It remains up and down. And it's it's frustrating to watch, uh, which I'm sure we'll get, get into it a little bit more. But yeah, despite the, the new January editions and despite the you know, rash of optimism that, that, that came through, uh, you know, the J stadium, it's, it's the same team in in a lot of ways. And, and that I cannot help, but but to think how frustrating that is. Well, we will go up and down on the left side of my zoom window. So Samuel, what do you have for us? Uh, I've got a, and obviously this is a very small sample size, but it is something that I think needs to be looked at a little bit more. And that is that, over the last two games, as you know, said January edition, Dusan Vlaovic has been man marked out of the game. It happened against Atalanta. Demiral just manhandled him, and then Bremer absolutely destroyed him on on Friday and didn't let him do a damn thing. And that's worrying to me because he's gonna get be getting that treatment a lot over the next couple of weeks and months as we go deeper into this 
into this season. I mean, on the one hand, like I said, it's a small sample size. It's, you know, and it could also be a scheme thing because, you know, he's a lot of the time he's kind of isolated up there trying to hold up play until he can bring something else in. And when he played at Fiorentina, obviously he was the center of attention there. So it's not like he's, this is new for him to suddenly be the guy that everybody keys on, but to see him get so thoroughly wiped out of the game, two games in a row was a little disturbing and either he's got to pick up his game or the coaching staff has to come up with a way to, to get him free so that he can do his work because if Vlaovic keeps on, you know, if, if Vlaovic's performance keep on being marked by those two last two games, the entire team isn't going, isn't going to be doing much of anything. Over to you, Mr. Chucks, what you got? Well, based on, based on the, the previous game against uh, Torino, but then also the kind of the game before that, and I would say just since the winter transfer window um, slammed shut, as the journalists love to say, um, it's, I'm not sure that Allegri really knows what his best 11 is and more than just his best 11, what his best tactical setup is. Of course, we have injuries now with, uh, well, before just the, the bizarre injury, freak injury stuff that happened <laughs> against Torino. Uh, of course, you know, we had the, the wings of Fede were out injured. Uh, both Chiesa and Bernadeschi uh, were out injured. Of course, Chiesa being the big, the big deal there. So, you know, yeah, of course we had those injuries, but even then, it's like, I, yeah, I'm just not really sure that Allegri knows what his best 11 is. And like I said, connected to that, what his best formation is or what his most, yeah, what his most favorable formation is for this team right now. Uh, is the 4-3-3? Is it a 4-4-2? Is the 4-2-3-1? I, I mean, I don't know. I, I think he's, based on this game and I guess kind of the, yeah, last two games, it seems that he's sort of figuring that out. In terms of frontline, he's just stuck to, you know, Morata, Dybala, Vlaovic, but then, yeah, the midfield is, I don't know, he seems to be kind of switching around and just kind of figuring out what what his best setup is. So, uh, yeah, and I'm not really sure I know I know myself either. So, yeah, it's uh, food for thought. <laughs> food for thought, indeed. And I, I think when it comes to the starting lineup, at least, um, we aren't going to find out what Max's preferred choices are, just knowing that, uh, as we found out earlier in the day, today we're recording on Sunday, the fact that Paulo Dybal is going to be at least out at least the next week and a half, and Daniele Rugani, Sergio's beloved Daniele Rugani, uh, won't be around for just about the same amount of time. So options are limited, especially in defense. And as we'll get to later, uh, when we talk about the Champions League fixture coming up on Tuesday, this team is obviously getting hurt at the wrong time it is not playing all that great new signings and all. And since I want to get Sergio involved after not being around this week, it's not looking all that different than before Vlaovic and Dennis Zakaria arrive. Did it Sergio? It's not, it's not. And, and you know, that's the problem in, in a way, because like, like Sam said, I, I also thought that, you know, one of the biggest takeaways was how, how much Vlaovic struggled against Bremer again in, in the Torino match, you know, if, if he's not going to be the game changer that we thought he could be, then maybe it's not as big a signing. And of course that's a hot take because I do think he's going to make a difference. I do think he had a couple of rough games. It happens. Like he went against two very good center backs. It happens. Like I'm sure he'll bounce back, but it definitely cooled down. I think the, the expectations we had from him, like, 
two two goals in two matches. Like obviously great start for him as a, as a Juve player. You know, he had a couple of bad games. It happens. I, I honestly don't think it's going to be a, a big time struggle moving forward. But, you know, it is something to to keep our eye on. And, you know, to me, the, the one that I was, you know, low key kind of thinking was going to be even a bigger impact than, than Blahovic was going to be Sakaria because he was kind of like a guy that we knew that we needed. We knew that we needed a player like him for at least two or, or three seasons now. And it was like, okay, like he's going to solve a lot of issues. And I think we talked about it in, in, in one of the other pods that, you know, he was going to not only going to be a good player himself, but he was going to do a lot more to release other guys to be in better positions. And right now we're not seeing that. I, I think obviously I'm, I'm sure we'll, we'll get to it in a minute, but you know, just the fact that he's not playing that center midfield position is is a bit baffling to me. He hasn't been bad at all, but it, it just seems like he's not being put in the position that they brought him in for, in the position that he, he usually played. And that to me is a, is a bit baffling. That That's something that I can't quite figure out. If, if the two big reinforcements one of them, they're just not putting him in the in the right position. Obviously, the impact is going to be a lot less. So it's it's again, you know, between the injuries, between everything, just Juventus has a way of just taking away all excitement. Like we were so happy two weeks ago, and now it's like more of the same. And it's just, you know, it's it's been like that for a couple of years now, a couple two three years now. So it's it's starting to get a little bit old. I mean. Don't you see it already like Villarreal, another team that we should quote unquote beat. And again, like they, they could easily lose against them. Like I, I already know it. So I'm sure we'll get into, into it a little bit later. But yeah, it's it's a bummer. It's just rooting for Juventus has been a bummer for the last couple of seasons, I guess is my biggest takeaway. A takeaway on top of the takeaway. Two takes, two takes for you. I echo you, Sergio, in that I don't, see where in that midfield where the idea is that in terms of playing people where like it's been very very clear throughout the entirety of the season usually involving Artur coming on and that pushing Locatelli further forward that Manuel Locatelli is far more effective right now going up being a more creative passing presence further up the pitch closer to the box setting the strikers up directly. And here you have a guy in Zakaria who is built to play the roles that will allow Locatelli to make those, to make that his home. And not only is Zakarian and, and Zakaria is being used as a box to box midfielder. And there were multiple times on Friday where Manuel Locatelli was the deepest lying outfield player Juventus had. He was playing in the slot between the center backs and like five yards behind them. And I just, I do not get where Allegri's thought process is coming from there. Because he's watched, he's watched this himself in the first game against Torino. When, when Locatelli moved up further, Juve got better. Locatelli ended up scoring the goal. You know, when when Artur came on against against Roma and, and we made that big that big turnaround, Locatelli gets moved forward. All of a sudden, Juve scored three goals in eight minutes. But all of a sudden, he's trying to shoehorn 
these guys into, and Sergio made a great analogy in his grab bag of the similar case of Miralem Pjanic, who, who I, th- I always thought that Pjanic was bought to, to play as a trequartista and Max kind of was using him to hold down the, the deep lying spot until Marquisio came back from his injury, but then Marquisio was never the same. And so he just stayed there. But the fact of the matter is Max Allegri's job is to put his players in the best positions to succeed. And he is consciously not doing that right now. Like there is nothing stopping him from making that change and probably making the midfield look a lot better. And it's not happening. And I just, I mean, to speculate why is useless other than, you know, because we don't know what goes on in the man's head, but it's insanely frustrating to watch because this is a, this is a team where we have seen what it can do when the players are in the right positions and coach just isn't doing it. And we're losing points as a result. So it was really frustrating watching this game and just on Friday, just watching us basically get played off of our own field by a team that has never come close to beating us on that, you know, since the J stadium opened at home and, you know, Belotti's equalizer was, I I felt like the equalizer was coming for Torino for a long time before it finally did. And you can say what you want about it being, you know, an emergency back line and, and the mistake that Sandro eventually made. But again, it's an, it's an attitude thing from, from Allegri and from this team where they just, they don't go to, to kill the game off. And you have what happened on Friday happen. You get an early goal. You look like you're, it's a lead that you really should be holding and you really should be able to add to it, especially once you get a goal that early, you have to pull Torino out of their, out of their plans a little bit. But the way that Allegri set the team up allowed Torino to walk all over them for almost the entire game. It was, it was kind of embarrassing for me to watch. And I just, it's hard to see right now because you know that one change could make things look a whole lot better. I mean, I, I would disagree on the on the, the sense that, you know, that we've never come close to losing is Torino. Uh, I mean, in the sense that, you know, Torino, uh, I mean, we've never had at the stadium, against. At the, stadium, at the stadium, we've never come close. Well, well yeah, but I mean, I, I guess my point being like, we've never, that makes it sound like we've always, you know, beat them like five nil or something, which, uh, you know, we, we've relied on, I think last minute goals against them uh, quite a few times uh, in the recent, in recent years. So, I mean, they've never been an easy opponent just because I think it's more because of just a, being a Derby and, you know, Derby's kind of, they bring out that they bring out like an extra level in, in teams. It's like, they can be just dire the entire seasons with which this season they've been uh, quite impressive actually um surprisingly i will say but derbies just bring out you know an extra level for better or for worse really in teams like Tolino. so yeah i mean you know it, we've I mean, we've never had the easy against Tolino, i think and also i think they were better in spurts yes but i don't think they dominated us the entire game i mean overall they, they were probably well worth the point i think they they played well and you know yeah i mean they deserved the point I think, but I think a, a victory for them, I think would have been not, I mean, I don't know if that would have been entirely a fair result either. So, um, I mean, overall, I thought the game was probably till, you know, had slightly the better of it, but I mean, would a victory have been warranted? I'm not sure, but, um, and also, you know, you look at the stats at the end of the day, stats were relatively equal, 
I mean, okay, they had more possession, they have 54% possession, but you know, when do when do we ever have more possession? I mean, that's something, <laughs> you know. Uh, plus, uh, shout out to uh, former Juve players uh, Kulusevski and Bentancur. Speaking of possession, they, I mean, okay, this is not an entirely apples to apples comparison, but you know, Spurs had like 20 some percent. You're just putting salt possession. in the wound, Chucks. You're just putting <laughs> yeah. salt in the wound. Yeah, which I mean, I'm genuinely happy for Kulusevski, especially. He, he, Played a blinder against uh, City, yeah, and I mean they had like I don't know twenty something percent ball possession. So I, I mean I'm never really much of a ball possession type of guy, but yeah, I mean shots. We had two more shots than Torino. Possession was you know again Torino's favor. Pass success was I'm just reading off who scored here. Pass success was relatively equal. I mean you know just looking kind of a quick look at all the stats, they probably were more threatening overall during the game, but I don't think they really. And yeah, I mean sure they had chances, but they had. Three shots on target. Juve also had three shots on target. So likewise, four shots off target and uh, four shots off target for Tolino. So, um, I mean, I think the game was more even than you, than you make it, made it sound. Still was a poor performance by Juve, definitely. But I don't think quite as, you know, horrific as, you know, also people in the comments and as you made it sound. Just on the point of the midfield, I guess the conundrum, and this kind of goes back to my takeaway of just Max not really knowing what his best 11 is. And that's mostly the, in in the midfield. Like I think, I think he settled on just Dybala, Morata, Vlaovic as the trident in in attack. Which I'm not even sure if that really is the best. I mean, it might be. I think it's a little too top heavy, honestly. But just in terms of the midfield, you know, Zakaria has had. I mean, was it three ish, three four games now uh, that he's played, and um, yeah, so he's been kind of shunted around the field. But I guess okay, so. Seems like most of us agree that his best position would be kind of as a central defensive midfielder, just, you know, screening the defense and just, uh, yeah, yeah, just protecting a defense uh, centrally there. But I think, and that's why I mentioned the whole thing of like, okay, what's the best formation going to be? Because I think if you're going to do that, then you're either going to have to play a 4-2-3-1 or 4-4-2. Yeah, or you're going to have to play a 4-3-3, which with, with Zakaria as the central one of the three central midfielders, which is kind of a regista position. So I don't think you really want to put him there in, in that setup. Um, so then, you know, that boils down then to, yeah, again, are you going to play a 4-4-2 or 4-2-3-1? And I mean, at the moment, it seems like Allegri is playing, yeah, I guess a pseudo 4-3-3, which is what I can most make of it. You know, Rabio, Locatelli, Zakaria, and, and those three central midfielders. And again, those three uh, attackers up front. So I think in this setup, it's... Which again is, a, I guess you, you put it down to Allegri, but in a three-man central midfield like that, I don't think you want to put Zakaria as that central player because I mean, probably you're going to put Artur there. I think why? Um, so I, I yeah, I was going to say uh, why not. I was going to say why not. I mean, if you're if you're not putting Artur there, why not? You don't have anyone who really plays as a whose skill set plays as a full on the regista on the team. Why not have Zakaria just? destroy people in midfield from that spot and let Locatelli orchestrate a little further up the field. Well, but then who's going to, I guess from a, from a tactical standpoint, then who's going to carry the ball forward? I mean, because you know, you, I think ideally you want a midfielder that can, or a player period that can carry the ball forward from, you know, from kind of deeper in the pitch. So either it's a really, uh, you know, like with Manchester City, um, he, he can have a really ball playing center backs that, you know, basically move all the way up forward or even fullbacks really move the ball all the way up forward and just are very good at, with their passing, uh, which, 
I think in his prime would have been Bonucci with well, mostly the long balls, but in his prime, that would have been Bonucci. But otherwise, a regista, I think, is the one that, you know, like, you know, that the typical Andrea Pirlo who just kind of sprays the balls from deep, uh, deeper on the pitch. So then, so that then like players like Dybala don't have to come all the way back to pick up the ball, which is something we see him do all the time, which is frustrating. I, I, you know, you don't want players like that all the way back in, uh, deep in the pitch. So I think, you know, that's that's kind of my worry of like, okay, if you don't have like ball playing, I guess, midfielders slash center backs there, then you're forcing players like Dybala and I guess Locatelli, or if you're playing them higher up the pitch, you're forcing players like them to go all the way back to pick up the ball. And then, you know, they got to go all the way back forward to, you know, join the attack. And I think that's straining them quite a bit. Um, I think honestly, Artur, I mean, he's been playing better. I think, you know, I think he's just quietly been playing quite well so far this season. And I mean, to me, I think put him put him in that position there um, in front of the defense as sort of regista. And but again, it's like, OK, that's you do that if you're going to play a 4-3-3. But I think then if you play a 4-2-3-1, yeah, then you can just put Zachariah and I guess Artur next to each other in front of the defense and then just your front like three and then one. Um, so I think that would be an easier solution, but I just don't know what Allegri really wants to do. Um, so that, I think that kind of, that would dictate my answer, like on how to f- fix kind of the positioning there. It, it really just depends on what Sakaria or uh, Sakaria, Allegri uh, wants to do with, uh, yeah, what he wants his favorite tactical lineup to be, which I have no idea. I have no idea. I don't think he, I don't think he's ever known in his entire career because he's never stuck to one. I think, and, and that that was one something that you know when when it works and when it worked and it has worked a lot of times in the past, you know, people praised about him, right? Like, oh, he he can you know he can morph his team, he can put the players in the best position to succeed, and and he's gonna get results, right? I think that that's something that we all really liked about him as a coach before. And now it just, you know, I, I don't want to say it's just tinkering for the sake of tinkering, but, you know, a lot of the decisions are just questionable. Like Sam was saying, like, I, I don't think, you know, you can really know what he thinks or what he sees in the, in, in training and whatnot, you know, I mean, who knows, obviously, I think, I think it's fair to say that, that Max literally knows more about football than we do, but, you know, some of the decisions are you know, are, are weird are, are like, okay, they, they brought in this guy that just solves on paper, solves so many issues and, and he's playing in, so, playing him somewhere else. Like, you know, Arthur, I agree, has been better as of late. I don't think he's been great, but he's been better. You know, why not give him that, that kind of extended run up? And honestly, I understand from a, you know, just, just idealistic point of view, what he's trying to do with Locatelli, because he is very gifted at passing. He, he can defend well, he can, you know, make some good passes from the back. It makes sense to me that he tried him as that center midfielder, like that defensive center midfielder. Like it makes a lot of sense to me that he tried him there. And and to Locatelli's credit, I think he's been really pretty good. I think he's been pretty good there as a Juve player. But you know, just just the fact that you have an, at least two guys that I think their natural position is much more suited to that center midfielder role in Sakaria and Arthur. And he kind of keeps going to that Locatelli well is is a little bit baffling. I understand, like like Sam was saying, like I mentioned in the graph back, when Pjanic was there, like there was no other option. Like he was your only guy that could do that role 
I understand, you know, continuing with that, but now you have two guys. I understand if you don't trust Arthur because he's been kind of up and down and injury prone, and we still don't really know if he's good. But, you know, you have you have a guy like Zakaria who was brought in arguably for that purpose, and he just doesn't play him there. And, and look, like I said, he probably has his reasons. He probably sees something. Who knows? But, you know, it, it is, as an outsider, it is a little bit baffling. And just on paper, it would solve so many of the issues that this team has, like getting overrun by Torino, which I, I think, like, like Chuck was saying, it was a bad game all around. You know, they, they just couldn't really hold the midfield. And it's a, it's a common topic, but you have guys that put in a different setup, I feel like would stand a much, much better shot at not getting overrun like they did against Torino. And, and they're just not being put there right now. And it, I think it's fair to to question that. I think I think it's a valid critique that, you know, he, that Allegri continues to put these guys in, in, in other positions that might not be the best positions for them to play. And, and I think that's, you know, who knows, maybe, maybe it changes, but right now from what we've seen, and it's a small sample size, but, you know, I, I still think this team can get to a, a better place, but it's just not, it's just not getting there right now. And I think a lot of it has to do with the way they're just being set up from the start, which I, I still think doesn't really make the most amount of sense. And now we get to see what happens when, you know, one of your best creative players is injured, right? And in, in Dybala, the defense is what it is. I mean, you know, Matthias Delict is the only natural center back who's actually healthy. So the option of playing Danilo as a right back and pushing Juan Condrado up the field as a winger, that's not there for at least the next week or two. And it's really just going to have to be you know, trying to plug holes in the dike and try and survive these next couple of weeks because the injuries are what they are. And regardless of how much Max might want to tinker, now he's very much being forced to tinker because so many players are injured. Yeah, and that, and that doesn't help matters. That doesn't help matters at all because, like you said, I mean, now, now they're going to have to throw it out a, a weird makeshift defensive setup that, you know, and, and to his credit, I, I thought Alexander did, did a pretty decent job stepping into the center-back spot until he didn't, right? And and that that's the problem with with playing a guy out of position. Like he was pretty good for most of the time. And then he just completely loses his man on a cross, something that, you know, any natural center back wouldn't do, but he's not a natural center back. And that's how Torino scores, right? So I'm I'm already ruining when, you know, either him or Danilo or whoever, which I, it seems like it's going to be Danilo, whoever ends up playing that makeshift center back position, like there's going to be one of those at least once <laughs> against against Villarreal. And and I'm already ruining that as as you know, one of the, the things that that kills us in that tie because it's just, you know, you're gonna play such a makeshift lineup that honestly, I think every single formation, every single thing is on the table considering all the injuries, and it just doesn't help in in actually creating and, and keeping a formation like like sam said like he doesn't have a formation it's like because he has so many injuries has that so many like roster change up that it's hard to really establish that cohesion and i think until they actually manage to find it, it it's going to be it's going to continue to be tricky the biggest game of the season they have one healthy center back that's also Fun. a failure of that's a failure of roster construction that we've seen the last couple of years that 
uh, going back into the Paratici time where you're looking at at going in with undermanned position groups. I mean, when you've especially like when you've got a guy like Giorgio Chiellini, who is still elite when he is healthy, but when he is healthy to not be carrying an extra man at the center back spot for a situation like this, just in case it happens is in my opinion, bad roster construction. I feel a little bit more confident in Danilo as a center back than I did Alexandro on Thursday, just because Danilo had all that time last season as a member of the back three for Pirlo. So I, you know, I feel like it's going to cut, it will probably come a little more natural to him than it does to first Sandro when Sandro is, is dealing with that sort of a, of a situation. Although ironically enough, when the last time Sandro played as a makeshift center back was under Pirlo last year. And I think that was the game where we, where we beat Lazio like three nil. But I feel a little bit more confident with Danilo. Also, I mentioned this a week or two ago as well with Villarreal, with Gerard Moreno out for this game, that could ease Danilo's job a little bit. But yeah, you just, you, the, the, the roster construction here and looking at, at where you should have depth and then just not putting it there. That's why, you know, and obviously the January transfer window was a, a, a big feather in the cap of a Juventus front office that did not have very many feathers in it the last couple of years, but they've still got a, kind of dig out of this bad roster construction hole that Fabio Paratici that Paratici left left them in after all the after his years in charge. Yeah, and I guess we can use that as a, a way to transition into full on via rail talk. And obviously Tuesday is a big one for the simple fact that Juventus is essentially teetering on the fence of maybe in the Champions League next season, maybe not. And they didn't bring in Dusan Vlaovic just to finish in fourth place in Serie A this year. So there are the injuries there are on both sides, but there's also the fact that Juventus will be playing from home away from home in the first leg. And there are no away goals this year. So this tie with the away goals rule gone as other teams have found out uh, playing away from home in, in this, the first leg of the round of 16, these ties are just a little more interesting than they were a year ago. Well, you know how you know what Allegri is going to do. I mean, I he's going all... to sit back, and we're going <laughs> to yeah. see Juventus with twenty percent possession in the 80th basically, minute. I mean, basically, you know, I I mean, it's four four center midfielders. No, <laughs> well, I don't know. It's actually um, no, no. Yeah, I mean, same same stuff, different day, really. Uh, don't yeah, put I mean, that out into the world because he'll do it. Oh, it's yeah, already Jesus. been in his head. This is nothing new. Yeah, of course. Um, I mean, I guess the only thing, obviously, with as we've talked about with the injuries, Dybala likely not going to be risked um, for a good reason, of course, given just this, you know, recent injury issues. So you have, well, three fit strikers, uh, Dybala, or sorry, um, uh, Moiskin, Vlaovic, and Morata uh, as your three fit strikers. I doubt, um, I like he's not one to play all of his fit players in one department unless he truly needs to. So in this case, I'm guessing he's going to play like Dybala, or I keep saying Dybala. <laughs> he's <laughs> hurt, Chuck. He's not yeah. going to be in Spain on Tuesday. But he's in my heart. He's, man. In, he's in my heart. That's why I keep saying it. <laughs> um, but he's probably going to play Morata and Vlaovic then. Uh, yeah, I guess that's the front two, which means that, I mean, I expect to see kind of a, I guess a 4-4. Four, four, yeah, he'll probably play a 4-4-2. Four, four, probably play Rabio on the left. Yeah. Vlaovic, Morata up top. 
Yeah, I imagine Cuadrado on the right, and then central midfielders. Well, yeah, two of two of Cuadrado's going to have to Cuadrado's going to have to play right back. In Deshilio, maybe. No. Oh yeah, Deshilio, you're yeah. right. I mean, you know, he's made a resurgence of late. <laughs> he has he has been uh, in decent form. It's not a yeah, I think that would be because otherwise, yeah, indeed you're playing four central midfielders. Surely you won't do that. Um, but yeah, I imagine the Rabio. The other the option is the other option, this is wild, but you know, he could go with a four, three, one, two, play low, play someone like Locatelli in the hole, and then have with Artur Zakaria and and Rabio behind him. In, in midfield that that like to to your point allegri like prefers to have at least one guy to go to on the bench and that would funnel all of your central midfielders onto the field at one time but if he decides to go mad max and go crazy on this one that's that's definitely one option and and also just to add before i pass off to sergio um you know with dibala now injured you have really like two essentially just big center forwards up top that to me i think they kind of perform the same function i mean morata has been morata works very hard i mean he's defensively good and you know as alegia i think he mentioned in the interview that um, i think he said something like you know those who question morata's technical abilities don't know like don't know what they're on about or something which i thought was an interesting uh, interesting defense of his his uh for morata but um still i i generally don't like when you have just two big physical center forwards playing at the same time, because I think it's kind of a redundancy. It's kind of like the old uh, Bentancur-Rabio issue we had last year, um, last season rather, where, yeah, it's just kind of a red- redundancy. Plus you have the issue of, you know, speaking just of, of passing ability, you know, we we're talking about passing ability from deeper on the, uh, from the pitch, but then now losing Dybala, you kind of lose that passing, I guess, creativity uh, up top because you just, yeah, you just have two big guys up there. So actually, yeah, then there's really more of an argument to play Locatelli and Artur, because then Artur would be the passer from deep, and then Locatelli would kind of be the passer, kind of taking over Dybala's role, sort of, higher up the pitch. So yeah, who knows? I mean, yeah, I guess that would really kind of put that 4-3-1-2, that, or I guess 4-4-2 diamond, if you will. Yeah, make that, you know, quite a possibility. So I don't know. I'm just some guy on the internet. It's it's weird. It's look, this team already struggles offensively. And now you take like one of the only creative outlets that they had left. It's it's going to be a struggle. And, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, they just decided to go into into Spain and just say, you know what, let's not lose. Like, let's just not lose. Let's let's play, you know, five midfielders or whatever and, and just try not to lose. And because weirdly enough, midfield is the only position group that doesn't have any injuries which awesome which is always great and you know so i think that's that's what they need to do because i just don't see a scenario in which they're going to be able to produce a lot of a lot of offensive firepower with with Dybala out with dear god with bernard even bernardeski is out like that was kind of like oh well maybe he can come in but he's out like no one's really said that he's going to be able to be back for that game yet Maybe he maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. But, you know, you don't really have a lot of offensive firepower. Maybe Juan Cuadrado is your only kind of guy that can do something. And like Sam said, he's probably going to play fullback. Uh, so it's it's just a tough, tough situation for Juventus to be in, considering, you know, that, again, they had an opponent that they were supposed to at least be favorites 
And now it's just going to be really, really tough. I, I'd be pretty happy with just not losing in, in Spain. I think that'd be an, an ideal scenario. I think more than that would be, I mean, it'd be, it'd be challenging considering all the injuries, honestly, but yeah, it's, it's, it's European Juve. They, they never make it easy. It's, it's never fun with, with European Juve. And that's going to be, that'll pretty much be exactly how Allegri likes to, will will do it because that's the way Allegri has been coaching all year is to coach not to lose. I mentioned that I, I said that last week uh, and I still stand by that. He coaches not to lose. He doesn't coach to win. Maybe he'll surprise us on Tuesday. I kind of doubt it. That being said, I, even you know, with all these injuries, I don't know if Villarreal is is so especially good that they can that'll be a walkover. But you know, the danger there certainly is danger to be coming home with a bit of a deficit. But you've got to just you know, you can't bank on the second leg you've got to in my opinion you've got to do the most you can to come back from the first leg with you know in 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 good position so i i hope he comes up with something crazy with chucks mentioning the shilio now i'm actually thinking that quadrado probably will play further up in the absence of dibala and the shilio play on the uh, at right back that'll probably be one of your bigger creative outlets that will you know he'll really need to he'll certainly need to make his crossing a heck of a lot better than it was towards the end of the game on Friday. It, it was funny. Cause like we said, you know, two weeks ago, all of us, uh, I, you know, we were talking about this game in relation to what, you know, the big new purchases. And I said that I, you know, had moved the need, it had moved the needle for me up from a toss up to, you know, Juve being relatively solid favorites in this tie. And obviously, you know, it's three weeks until the second leg, you probably get Dybala back. You probably get somebody like Bonucci might even get Chiellini back for that. But this team's gonna have to put in a shift because also because the Mestaya is not a is not a fun place to play, even though Villarreal has not been having a particularly good year overall. It's gonna be rough, but they've got to make it work because going into the second leg at, at the J Stadium, you know, having to scrap and claw again, the way they've been playing, it's not doesn't look like they can climb out of a hole like that right now. So you've got to put yourself in position to win from that, from here. Yeah. And then just on the, just one quick last point on, on VRL. Um, yeah. I mean, they're not, you know, in terms of league position and stuff, I mean, they're not obviously phenomenal. Um, they're se- they're seventh right now in La Liga. Yeah. 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 Although, I mean, it's a very close race. Fourth. Um, yeah, Are they, six, did, yeah. Did, did they manage to move up? They were in seventh last week. Six this uh, week. They've won uh, three of their last four. Yeah, correct. Six, yeah. So, you know, I mean, obviously, it's a very close race. I mean, you know, Bilbao are in eighth on 37 points, and then Barcelona's in fourth on 42 points. So it's a very close race there. Um, but I mean, this is just like, like I said, with Torino, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, throughout the season in regular games, you're like, okay ish, maybe. But then, oh, the Champions League comes up and it's suddenly like, you know, it's, uh, it raises you another level, which granted, Juve has been doing as well. I mean, you know, we, play kind of mediocre <laughs> for the most part. And then, um, you know, we have usually kind of, kind of step it up in general. I mean, okay, that Chelsea, that one Chelsea game was a, a, a unfortunate uh, exception, but um, we generally do step it up results wise anyway in, in Europe. So um, that's, that's what I'm wary of as well. Like this whole, the, the height of the occasion where, you know, a team that's generally poor domestically will just say, okay, this is champions league. Everything else is, you know, 
doesn't matter. This is our chance to be, you know, big and famous and, and our moment to shine. So that's what I'm particularly wary of uh, for a team like Villarreal. So, um, yeah, fingers crossed. And with this, I mean, it, it's also a case of how do Villarreal approach it, knowing that there's not an away goal to chase in the second leg too. Because we've we've seen, obviously, first legs be what they have been the last few years, but it's been the away goals that have come to truly haunt Juventus in the, the second leg. So, I mean, it's just, you know, do are they able to kill off some of these recent Champions League demons and actually play well in the first leg or well enough to win in a first leg? Or is it just more of the same? Because it, you know, knowing the injury situation and knowing how Allegri, if you had to, if you had to choose, will probably play conservatively, knowing it's away from home. You know, it's, this is not exactly stacking up to be a vintage kind of Juventus European performance. Yeah, I mean, I will say I'm I'm so glad the away goals rule is no longer in play. Or, or let me say vintage in a bad kind of way. It could yeah, be that. It, it will be. It will certainly be a. It will certainly be. A, it'll be a vintage Allegri performance, I think. Uh, whether or not that's you know that vintage happens to be a vintage of table vinegar as opposed to wine is an entirely different uh, question. It's gonna be a slog unless Juve managed to to bust something early and take him down. Because I mean, I, I will say that at least if it's if it's still close, you have to look to you know the the last couple of minutes have to be decisive. Because I remember when going through. Villarreal for for my scouting piece over the winter break, and this has really held true as well. When Villarreal loses, they tend to do it very late. They have crumbled in in late game situations, stoppage time a lot, and given up decisive goals in those later later moments. Uh, a, a good chunk of the year. So if Juventus, you know, if if they can can make us make a strike late and either consolidate a lead or get one, then you're looking at potentially good things coming three weeks from now. But it really, you've got to go in and win. That's really, the, that's really all there is to it. All right. Well, we will wrap things up with, how about this, a one Twitter question, and we will shout out our boy, David Desberg, at the True ROAC for sending us in that This Twitter must be question. a doozy. It is a doozy. So I will... Lay it all out here for you guys. So from David, who at Juve has the ability to light a fire under Allegri's you-know-what so he'll stop coaching like a dinosaur? Landucci, how can this be accomplished? Surely the board can't watch this sort of in-game management and think everything is all good. Also, Sergio, how long till Alexandro is actually fired into the sun? To be fair, Alexandro played really well <laughs> as a center back, as an emergency center back until he didn't. Until he didn't, yes. Until he didn't. And and look, like I, I I've been harsh on the guy. I think he's had a pretty bad season overall. Um, even when playing in his position, I think he hasn't really been, you know, I think he started the season kind of well a couple of games. We thought there might be a rebirth there, but I think he's been overplayed by by Luca Pellegrini Pellegrini at this point. You know, it happens. Players get a little bit older. Their, their form dips. I, I I really do think that Juve should move on this this summer. That you know that doesn't equate that you know Sandro was really good for a long time, but but yeah, I think right now he he 
probably shouldn't be the first choice fullback, let alone the any choice center back. And, you know, the fact that he's still getting those minutes now is, you know, it, it's due to a lot of, you know, because of the injuries right now. So, so that's tough. So, you know, cut, cut my guy, Alexander, a little bit of a slack. I think he was put in a, in a rough spot. I think there's many, many other games where he was bad when playing in his natural position that, you know, he has no, he has no excuse. And, you know, going, going to the other part of the question, you know, I, I just think, you know, this is who Allegri is. He's always been a defensive coach. He's always been kind of a, a more conservative type of coach. Uh, we we knew what we were getting when we signed him. It's just mostly that, you know, we expected that type of boring football to be accompanied with wins. And unfortunately, that hasn't been the case. It's been just kind of like boring football with with not that much success. And, and that's, I think, why a lot of the criticism comes. I, I think, I still think he's a good coach. I still think, you know, he is he doing the absolute best he could. You know, that's debatable. I think there's some legitimate critiques of, of his job so far. Um, but yeah, I, I think they're going to have to ride it out with him. You know, it, it is what it is. It It is a much different scenario than the one where he first took over the team, where he was taking a team that was the, you know, the Italian champions that had already a, a very well-established squad, a very well-established way of playing. And he just kind of took over that instead of this time where he's taking over a, a project that is, you know, kind of like neither here nor there. They're making new signings. They're make, getting new players. It, it's kind of a, a rebuild in a way. So it, it, in my opinion, I think it's going to be hard to, to really, really judge him for this season. I think there's some decisions that could be made otherwise. I think we, we went into something that, that to me is one of the, the biggest critiques of, of the job that he's doing is that not playing, you know, Sakaria instead of Locatelli. We already talked about that, but, you know, it's, it's, it's a frustrating football to watch. He also had a, has a very weird squad. He also has had a lot of injuries. I think Juventus is just going to have to ride it out with with Allegri and and figure out, you know, in a couple of years if if this was the right move. You know, he has the track record. We know he can be a very successful coach. We know he can be a very good coach. I think it's just about, you know, riding it out, I guess. Are, are there some fair criticisms? Absolutely. But, you know, I, I still don't think it's it's anywhere near of, you know, let's fire this guy and bring in someone else because, you know, the least thing this club needs is, is another, you know, new coach, another new season. I mean, they need to have stability and despite the results not being there at the moment, it's still a solid bet to bet on a guy that has a proven track record of success. I, I think if I had to bet, I think he, he figures it out eventually sooner rather than later. I, I think he's going to figure it out. So yeah, to answer the original question then of, you know, who could light a fire under uh, Allegri's uh, backside, I guess. I mean, at the club, nobody really, in the sense that, um, going back to what Sergio said, you know, everybody knew what, or at least the management, Andrea Agnelli and and, and um, Cherubini and Aiva Bene, you know, all the, all the and Ned Fed, of course, uh, all the top dogs, they all knew what they were getting with um, Allegri and basically has been what you see is what you get with him. So, I don't think there's really much there. Plus, and you know, I said this in a previous uh, episode. To me, the target for this season was top four. I mean, I just realistic target. I mean, sure, I want Scudetto, of course, but you know, realistically, I didn't think Scudetto was attainable. 
So top four is then the most, uh, yeah, I guess reasonable expectation, which we are still very much on track for. If Atalanta wins their game in hand, they'll be level on points with us, which of course they have the head to head, but fair enough. So we're very much still on target for top four. It's going to be a close race. I mean, it's going to be a close title race. It's going to be a close top four race, but you know, we're still on track for that. So given that we're still on track for that goal, I don't think there's much incentive really for anyone in upper management to be like, you know, dramatically change the way we're playing um, or anything. It's, I mean, yeah, we have to, we just have to score some more goals. I mean, I think that's really it. We fixed the defense pretty well. We're the third best um, defense in the league. Only one goal more conceded than uh, Inter, although granted they have a game in hand, but yeah, second or third best defense. And I don't think there's any incentive. I think that's my main thing. There's no real incentive from anyone in upper management to, given the results, the light of, you know, true fire under uh, Allegri's, sorry. Um, but I mean, obviously results will have to improve and Scudetto next season will have to be the, the, the goal for sure. I mean, we fixed the defense at the expense of the attack, which, and I think that pendulum has swung far too far the other way. Um, I mean, with the initial question, I think th- there was one person that, that, could have, and indeed in the past probably has before, lit a fire under Massimiliano Allegri's backside. Unfortunately, that man is currently the starting goalkeeper for a certain Serie B team that plays in Emilia-Romagna. That is Gianluigi Buffon. Anecdotally, I've heard that Buffon in the the big comeback year in in 2015-16 really was kind of a a driving force behind the scenes to get a couple of, of, of tweaks made. As of right now, the only person with the stature in the locker room to try to, you know, nudge Max in one direction is Giorgio Chiellini. But you wonder just how much, how well, you know, what he could do in that regard when when he's out so much. But there, there are, I mean, I think there are signs that there are some dis, there, there is some dissatisfaction coming here. I mean, you saw there was one point and in the Torino game, it might have been right after the the equalizer. I forget exactly when when. There was a, sh- a camera shot of Pavel Nedved very angrily making a point to Andrea Agnelli. I, I don't necessarily, I've said this before, because Allegri has such a massive contract, it is difficult for me to, be- to believe that Juventus will take that on as dead money. But somebody's got to do something because this, and da- I, in my opinion, David has used the correct term. These are dinosaur tactics. And I, I don't necessarily agree with the sentiment that things are going as okay as they could now and, and whether or not he might get this, you know, get, make an improvement in the future because Allegri is coaching the way he was coaching, you know, during his Juventus heyday. The problem is the game has changed since then. And I don't think we didn't quite know what to expect when he was reappointed. I don't think any of us thought that a guy like Allegri, whose brain does do weird and wacky and crazy things that turn out really well sometimes. Yes, he's conservative, but every once in a while he'll do like a, you know, you know, he'll have a brainwave like the like the five star and things will go really, really well. I don't think anybody thought that Allegri, after two years of sitting at home, watching the way the game was progressing, would have come back and not changed at all. But that is really what's happened. He is still coaching in a way that is rapidly becoming outdated in this game. And I don't know if that success is, if the success that we're all, that a lot of people think we'll still be able to, to, to come out 
will if he doesn't change something about about his attitude or his tactics, something. I hope I'm wrong. I really hope I'm wrong. Because if I'm wrong, then Juventus will be winning again. But I have my doubts right now based on on the way on on how the team is on how the team is playing and how Allegri is coaching. You heard it here first from Sam Lepresti, Juventus to win five nothing against Villarreal on Tuesday. <laughs> Probably the dream, you know. Um, From your lips <laughs> to God's ears. <laughs> we, we would have, I guess, less to talk about next week because we would just be like, oh, all is well. <laughs> exactly. It, it oh, yeah, we, we, do, we, do, we do that and then we'd lose to Ampoli again. That's yeah. the problem, is that? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I just wanted to add one last kind of point uh, in closing. Um, you know, obviously we haven't scored many goals and, you know, that's an issue. Uh, clearly, we are basically the, you know, lowest scoring team in the top 10 a bar our neighbors. So, you know, um, but in fairness, I mean, so, you know, people take Atalanta as a reference point, you know, free wheeling, you know, free scoring Atalanta. Um, Atalanta have only really scored, they've only scored eight goals more than we have in the league, which I mean, sure, it's, it's I mean, eight, eight goals. Yeah, that is a lot like that's not one or two goals. Like, sure, it's but it's not like they scored 20 goals more than, you know, Juve has like eight goals. Is, I mean, it's, you know, yeah, it's something, but Again, I just kind of just to take that narrative of like, yeah, okay, we haven't scored a lot of goals and we need to score more goals. But it's, you know, when I take the reference point of like what people imagine as the most, you know, attacking and freewheeling side, they haven't scored that many goals more than we have. So, um, yeah, just kind of, you know, for some reference there too. Well, if you, I'll wrap this up on this note. If you want a sign of how things are going for the two teams that are chasing the top four in Italy right now, Juventus are obviously coming off a disappointing draw against Torino. Atalanta, meanwhile, have been knocked out of the Coppa Italia, have gone winless in their last five games, and now are going into Silenzo Stampa. So we're not, not going to hear much from John Piero Gasparini all that much in the next few games, I assume. So, uh, Look, if, if you want to be positive for a second, <laughs> like, you know, the team is in the semifinals of the Coppa Italia. They they are in the round of 16 of the Champions League. There is a non-zero chance that they, they move past Villarreal, that they make it back to the final. They, they have a relatively favorable draw in the semifinals of Coppa Italia. Like, it's not entirely unreasonable that we're sitting here, you know, by the end of the season, and it's like, oh, Juventus made the Champions League in Serie A. They, they maybe win the Coppa. They maybe make a, a mini run in, in, the, in the Champions League. Like, who knows, right? Like, so far, the season is not a disaster. There's a lot of valid criticisms, but so far, the season is not a disaster. Let, let's let's wait for, for the season to become a disaster, and, and, and then I think that it, there's going to be a, a, another discussion. But right now, if you want to be positive, I, I don't think that this team has played their best level of football. And outside of the league, they're doing well in all the other competitions, which, you know, is, is not nothing, I would say, if you, if you want to be... If you want to be on the, on the positive side of things. They haven't played their best football. Question is, can they get to that foot to that best football? And that's a really a question that's up in the air. And to find that out, tune in on the next episode of the podcast of the old lady speaks. Thank you, Chuck. Leave Ooh, it to you, Danny. Well done, Chuck. <laughs> Thank well you, Chuck. Done. Well done. I was going to try and end on Sergio's positivity, but 
We can yeah. we can go that route too. Well, I was going to use my <laughs> Dragon Ball Z voice and say, "Tune in on the next thrilling episode." On the next episode of the Will OVC. Goku wake up and save Namek? No, probably in five episodes. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, <laughs> let me wrap this up, Chucks. <laughs> on that note, we will thank David for his Twitter question because he was the only one to send in a Twitter question this week. Uh, so we always appreciate him. We always appreciate other Twitter questions as well. And if you want to send those into us feel free to send them to at Juventus Nation on Twitter. You can follow us there as well as on Facebook. Search black and white and red all over. Use that same black and white and red all over search tool for your favorite podcasting platform, whether it is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. If you listen on Apple Podcasts and or Spotify, feel free to leave us a review, a rating, all that good stuff. So for Sam, for Chucks, and for Sergio, This is Danny saying thank you very much for listening, and we will talk to you guys next week.